But <laughs> Chris, do you let your fingernails grow out? No, I am terrible about that. Okay. I bite my nails, and I don't mean to, but so you, I can't help it. So you always use a pick? Yep, I always have a pick. Okay. I've been letting. I'm. I love picking my nails, but I've been letting my nails grow out too. And it's really hard because I want to pick them so bad. Like right now, I'm just looking. I'm like, oh, it's so juicy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's gross. And there's your name for I mean, the after, podcast right there. I mean, after a shower. Did you just course. refer to your nails as juicy? Yeah, your nails shouldn't be juicy. That's okay. not a thing. Welcome to State Side Spurs Podcast. Colin here with Chris and Austin. Uh, I have survived COVID. I'm back. I'm back, and I'm a happy man. I'm a happy man because uh, I'll take a draw at Stanford Bridge, Stanford Bridge every day of the week, twice on a Sunday. Um, it wasn't pretty, Austin, but hey, a point is a point, and we're still top of the table. How do you feel? I was watching the match with my... Uh... You know him. He, he was best man at my wedding. Big Chelsea fan, buddy Jordan. Was watching with him on a virtual. And, uh, he's talking a lot of smack. He was talking a lot of smack because he was hoping to, to for for us to get found out. And I I never really felt nervous, man. I mean, I feel great. I feel great because we stymied them. Yes, it would have been great to win. I feel great, man, because I've never felt so confident in our defense in my ten years of watching Spurs, and I never knew defensive football could be fun to watch. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, um, were you able to watch this on a TV, or did, were you stuck on a cell phone somewhere in a corner watching this game? I actually – I told my wife before this game started, I was like, it's it's Sunday. It's The game's at 1030. For the first time, we don't have anything to do. We're not going anywhere. I'm going to watch the game on a TV. We're not going anywhere. And she was like, no, I don't want to go to the supermarket yet because she's still – she's pregnant, and she doesn't have a whole lot of energy. So, yes, I was able to sit in my living room and nice, watch the nice, game. Nice. There was only one problem with watching the game at home. I've trained my daughter to cheer for teams in blue because Ooh. we talk about blue all the time. And her favorite color is now blue. And she was like, well, I'm going to cheer for the blue team. Like, Chelsea, nah, we're nah, in blue. Nah, not today. And I was like, you know, no, no, no. Today we're cheering for the team in white. No, no. I like the team in blue. We're going to cheer for blue. No, well, I guess no. you and I are cheering for different teams now, so I uh, hope your team loses. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, her her team did not lose, but neither did our team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Austin, you you said it right. You kind of said it perfectly there. It was it was a defensive masterclass. It was one of those games that uh, I think we always anticipated uh, Mourinho not going into Stamford Bridge and going um, toe to toe. 
with the attacking firepower that we both have in both squads. Uh, and we could have done that, right? And that game could have been a 3-3 tie, or it could have been, uh, you know, could have gone 4-1 one way or 4-1 the other way, if that's the way that those two managers lined up. But I think both managers played it played it safe um, because it's so early in the season. And it's one of those games that you just take that draw and you go on you, and you beat the, 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 the smaller minnow teams that you get to play later on in the season. And you, that's great. Look at like our, played, like the we, next team that we play, the yeah, small we'll teams that that next opponent. But we've played three of the, you know, <laughs> the quote unquote top six, and we have had we've two of them have been away from home, and we've gotten seven out of nine points. So, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about what we have instilled um, from this mentality standpoint that we keep talking about from this fan base that we are not um, we are not going to go out and get exposed and that's something Mourinho I mean we did this with also a 22 is he 22 Joe Roden how old is he yeah 22 or 23 22 23 uh championship center back from Swansea City coming in and you know he did make a mistake or two but other than that he he, pointed him out himself he he called himself out on it he he played pretty solid um so I mean, let's talk about this. We're uh, 10, 10 games into the season. Um, one loss still, opening with opening day against Everton. Um, man, that's the last time we saw Deli Alley start in the Premier League, if you want to talk about how long. That feels like forever ago. <laughs> um, and then since then, Austin made an Everton bet. It's not looking too good for Austin either. So uh, We're not going to talk about that. We have, the, we have the best defense in the league, and we're uh, one goal behind um, Chelsea, and I believe... Liverpool is for from for most goals scored in the league uh, mm-hmm. with 21 goals. We do have the the tied for the best goal differential with Chelsea at plus 12. Um, and man, what a time! What a, I mean, going going into this week this weekend against Arsenal, I think all Spurs fans feel like this is our this is this is this is this league is ours for the taking. And I know I missed last week's podcast, and you both probably told everyone that we're going to win the league um, several times. Great. Because this is how I still feel today. So let's just jump straight into this Chelsea this Chelsea match. Um, Chris, let's let's go over our starting eleven. Uh, we did have to, we did see a, a few a one change I believe uh, from that City game with Joe Roden coming in for Toby. Yeah. Um, was there another change? I don't think so, right? So, no. So very... I I was really happy to see him trot out like mostly the same lineup that that played against city. I mean, if he builds a stable lineup that, that we're comfortable working with, I am pleasantly surprised to see that Musso Suzoko has made his way into a consistent piece of that starting lineup. I'm, I wouldn't have guessed that at the beginning of the season, but I'll take it. And he serves a purpose there. Um, it, it, he seems to have a growing confidence in Steven Bergvine. And I'll, I'm happy with that too. I I just I really like the starting lineup. I miss Toby. I think if Toby's in that lineup, it might change the game plan a little bit because of those long uh, crossing passes that he can put in. But for the most part, I, just, I thought that was a perfect lineup to throw out there. It was perfect, yeah. and it worked awesome. out. Austin, are you surprised that CBB is getting um, these starts in these big games? Like this, that's two in one. That's two in essentially seven days that, that uh, CBB has been called on to play um, a part of the attacking three with Kane and Son. You know, initially I was, I was very uh, surprised to see his name on the on the team sheet for Manchester City. I think we all were. I've done some thinking about it though, and it, to me, he kind of kind of pops up as a big game player a little bit. I mean, he didn't score any goals or have any assists or anything in these last two games, 
but he's really accounted for himself well and his energy levels down that wing to help defend, help track back, to push forward on the counterattack has been huge. He hasn't quite put it together as far as that final ball or connecting uh, and linking up in that, in, that, in that really incisive way, the way he was a, a little bit last season uh, for us. But yeah, I think, I think Jose sees him as a gamer. You know, one of those guys that, that's always up for a big match um, and, and loves his energy levels because you would, you, you would think you'd play Lucas, right? The natural yeah. thing is if you want energy, <clears throat> you want energy and you want someone who's going to track back and play Lucas. But I think Bergwijn's passing ability is so much more dynamic than Lucas's, right? Uh, the, 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 the range of passing. And that's what he's hoping he'd bring. And, and honestly, both matches, Bergwijn did show us bits and pieces of that. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to be surprised to see him moving forward. I think the plan is to, to have bail if we can have bail's energy, but against some teams, we're not going to start bail. If we're going to ask him to track back for 90 minutes, like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to get into bail uh, shortly, but Chris, I think that's a good shout. What Austin just said there is that we were, we were so used to seeing Lucas with that starting position with Son and Kane. And it's kind of been forgotten that Lucas is, is not getting those minutes. And now it's Stevie B getting those minutes minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why do we think it is that CBB has earned this trust? Um, you know, we, he goes on international duty, um, was it two and a half, three weeks ago, with Netherlands gets sent back, whether it be from fitness concerns or a small knock. And now here he is starting two of our essentially biggest games of the season so far. Um, why is it that CBB has taken over for Lucas? I, I agree with Austin. I think he offers a little bit more as far as his passing range. I, I'd say with his uh, ability with the ball, like at his feet, I think he's a little more talented than Lucas. He can do a little bit more. He's going to be more than a player than just – he's not going to just drive straight into two or three players the way Lucas does and hope that he can break through. I, I see Bergvine as more of a player who's going to be able to work through that or get down the byline and put in a cross when he has to, maybe put in a, a ball into the middle. He he made a couple of very interesting like pairings with Ndombele a couple of times there where he looked really good. And to Austin's point – he just he works so much. It's like getting a more creative version of Lucas with Lucas's work rate. Um, so I I don't know yeah. that it's super surprising. I still think with the whole thing, him coming home from the Netherlands was he went off with the national team. They figured they weren't going to use him a whole lot. And basically, Mourinho said, well, cool, send him back. I've got some game planning that I want to do. And I think he's going to work out for what I want to plan. And I think that's I think that's kind of what happened. It's a little bit of a behind the curtain. I have no insight, nor am I in in the know or anything. It's just a, a theory. But he's obviously doing something in training that is making Mourinho say, all right, I'm going to give this guy his opportunity. And I don't know if it's something Lucas is not doing so much as what Bergvine is doing. Yeah, real quick. I want to get both your guys' opinion on this really quick. Uh, if if um, if Lamella's healthy, do you think Lamella starts those, these last two games instead of Bergman? Ooh, <laughs> I'll let Austin take that. Colin, you read, <laughs> Colin, you read my mind because that's what I was getting ready to chime in with. Is that I think actually Lamella probably starts these last two games, or at least one of them, if he's fit, especially Chelsea. I mean, yeah. the, just the the shithousery, the gamer aspect of him, the the creative ability. This defensive ability, I mean, those those tackles that Lamelo's willing to put in, that you're not going to see Bergwijn put in just because that's not part of his skill set. I definitely think Lamella gets these starts because just Jose loves them, right? But Lamella, of course, it's it's November, so Lamella's not fit. 
Early um, injuries come. As, as is tradition. It's too cold for Lamella right now to play, so he's going to take a break until uh, until February. Um, but I think you know it's a, it's a good shout. And you know, Chris, you you mentioned this in our our group text is that it just didn't feel didn't have that feel of like a, a London derby, like a like a it wasn't very nasty. It didn't feel very nasty. No. And and my comment was like, yeah, well, we're missing Lamella, you know. But we did have <laughs> we did have Dyer in there. We did have Hoiber. We did have you know Kane. Um, yeah. But I mean, so as much as we have those players, as much as we had Tottenham players, Chelsea, not so much. And yeah. we talked about Austin and I talked about this in the last pod was a lot of these Chelsea players. Uh, I was a little skeptical at first that maybe, you know, it's Chelsea. They'll get up for it. Their fans will get up for it. But there's no fans in there for the to G those players up. And looking at the Chelsea lineup outside of Tammy Abraham, um, Maybe, maybe Kurt Zuma, Mason Mount. But how many of the how many how many derbies have they played in? Yeah, right? yeah as Pil- Pilquanta wasn't playing. Um, not as is usually their guy that does that, you know. Yeah, you look yeah, at that Chelsea lineup and and look at the London derbies that they have um, under their belt. You have Tammy Abraham played two last year. Uh, Conte's played a, a handful at this point. Uh, Mason Mount played two last year. Other than that, I mean Zuma maybe. But it's it's that Chelsea team is just a brand new team, and so they don't have yeah. that hatred for Tottenham uh, that Frank Lampard does, uh, no. or that you would see that Diego Costa <laughs> d- uh, does, or John Terry, or some of those players, or Aspilicueta. Uh, you know, it's just it's a it's a different breed of a Chelsea team, and so it's it'll it'll accumulate. Don't worry, it's it's coming. <laughs> uh, this is this has been two uh, two games that we've played Chelsea this year already. Uh, one ended in a one one draw, and us winning in shootouts, and this ended in a in a nil nil draw. Um, so let's just let's jump straight into that Chelsea team as well. You know, <clears throat> any surprises on that Chelsea lineup for for you, Austin? You know, you, you, um, didn't, see, you didn't see uh, Havertz start, which was, was uh, I think he had a, a positive COVID test. Uh, I was right there with you, buddy. Uh, and then you also didn't see Pulisic start, but he's recovered from injury. Um, so I think their lineup kind of picked itself. Havertz was on the bench. I thought. Well, I, thought mm-hmm. I thought Havertz he was, was on the he was on the bench. He wasn't, he wasn't fit. He wasn't fully fit to because of uh, okay, gotcha. to get the start. You know. Yeah. My, my my Chelsea friend, and I hate saying that I have a Chelsea friend, but I've known him since I was like I've known him since I was seven years old. Um, he 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 told me Mount is starting because of form. You know, even if Havertz was fully fit, Mount he wouldn't be surprised to see Mount starting because he's on form. And to be fair, the only save that Loris made was a pot shot from deep from Mason Mount. So, um, I, I don't know if I was surprised necessarily. I, I just still don't think that. As well as their plan, I still don't think Lampard really understands his midfielder forwards. Like he has so many options, I still don't think he fully knows. Besides, outside of Conte playing, like Jorginho was on the bench, right? Yeah. I mean, like it, it, it was just was it was just I don't know how to pick Chelsea's lineup because you've got like team players for six spots, and I don't know how to choose between them because I don't watch them enough, and they all seem about the same level of talent to me, so yeah. I wasn't surprised by it. I think Warner being out wide is effective for them sometimes, but... Not always. Uh, not always, and I feel like... I, I mean, he, he does make some great runs, but he's not Youngman's son. I think he's actually more effective up front as, in, a, in a central position, but no, nah, it seemed it seemed pretty... Yeah, pretty par for the course, so I to think, speak. I think Mason Mount is is going to become a staple for that Chelsea midfield. <clears throat> I think Mount and Pulisic. Um, I think Tammy Abraham's the one that benefits from Havertz being out. I think Warner would be yeah. playing up top. Abraham would come out. And Havertz would swing out wide. Um, but I don't know. Like you said, they have they have a lot of good attacking players. 
Um, Lampard's going to have to figure out how to get the most out of them whenever he's selecting three. Um, and, you know, that's a good problem to have if you're a Chelsea fan. But I don't understand league, putting Ziyech out on the right wing. <laughs> I, just, hey, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't either because he's got a he's got a crazy left foot. I guess he he wanted to play inverted wingers. Yeah. Um, but let's just jump straight into the first half. You know that um, there were times. Uh, Austin, I'll, I'll give this straight to you. Uh, we we looked the first ten. I think it was the first ten minutes. We didn't. We were just kind of getting a feel in the game, and then for the I think from the tenth to the twenty fifth minute, uh, we had a lot of good opportunities. We took control of that game. Uh, how did you see that first half play out? I think the the game plan for Mourinho looked really good in the first half. I think we were breaking at speed. I think that last ball just wasn't quite coming off the way it was against City. And I think Chris touched on this earlier. Um, not having Toby in hurts us because go look at that second goal we scored against City. It was a a one touch pass from Toby through the lines to Kane Kane at the in the, at the halfway circle, who's able to turn, move at pace, and find Geo. It was Toby, Kane, G, goal. That's how quick we were able to move. And without that passing ability of Toby in the back line, we don't quite move through the gears as quickly when we transition from defense to attack. Um, Dyer has that passing ability at times, but nobody passes in that back line the way Toby does. So I, I think we just weren't quite as quick. And I, I think go back and watch Toy Bear's uh, – interview with NBCSN after the game. He touched, he said this right after the game. He says, there were some moments we just weren't quite incisive enough, yeah. quite quick enough. We played just as well in that first half against Chelsea as we did against City for the whole match. We just didn't have that. We were lacking like maybe 5% less incisiveness. And to Chelsea's credit, I didn't believe it before the game, even though people have been saying it, their defense played well. When they needed to make that last ditch cutout of a of a yeah. through ball or of a or of a or of a link up play, even though we were playing great, they made that they made that play to, to kind of us off balance right at the end, right at the last second. And so we were able to force a save through Ori, but I think we were better poised to score in the first half. Chelsea should have been better poised to score in the second half. I won't move into the second half yet because you asked me about the first half. But the first half I think it was Jose Mourinho's plan working beautifully. All it lacked was the goal. And I think, to Chelsea's credit, they, they definitely defended well. But um, we were definitely on the – I think, personally, I, I think that we looked the better side the first half. And most neutrals said the same, I think. Yeah, other than that that Joe Roden um, mistake, you know, it's just – it's got to get rid the of the ball quicker. Goal. Um, yeah, the offside goal. He had to get rid of that ball quicker. Other than that, you know, I don't see – Chelsea didn't really threaten our goal too much in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a few opportunities on the break. Um, one in particular with Bergvine hitting it over the crossbar. Uh, a little off balance there, but you know, that was a good chance. Uh, man, man, honestly, this game didn't have too much from the attacking halves from both teams. We set back. We weren't playing. It was the a counter. pitcher's duel. Yeah, and Chelsea, Chelsea didn't really risk their fullbacks getting forward too much because of the fear of the counterattack that we present. So you just had, you know, both teams, both managers waiting, 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 hoping for that moment of brilliance. And you even heard the commentator saying it, right, Chris? Is that you know it's going to take a moment of brilliance from one of yeah. these these players to, to break this deadlock. And it just didn't come, right, Chris? They kept saying that. And I I went into this game, we talked about it last week, I was like, this is going to be, this has the potential to just be a slugfest. Like, these are two very good attacking teams. There's a very good chance that this game just turns into just two giants just wailing away on each other. And So you it, jinxed it, huh? You're it may have been me, I guess. Is, is I don't know. That's what I was... Huh? 
thinking I wasn't really hoping for because I, I really hate like the idea of being stuck watching that game where at the end you're just like I guess we ended up watching it at the at the last second anyway because there we were the last few seconds looking at a a potential corner where we could have won the game or, or something like that just hoping for that one little moment where somebody does something that takes the game by the scruff of the neck and runs with it and I think uh, for their credit for the entire game I, I want to say Chelsea did a really good job of negating Son and Kane and making sure that they weren't up to their normal standard of effectiveness. Um, Kane spent most of his game wandering all over the pitch, playing just about every position. I think at one point I said he was all the way back covering at right back. He dropped in at center back. He was at center mid. Like he was never really allowed to be more the attacking player. Son was... I want to say he was fairly quiet. I don't know if you guys found any moments in there where he was. Nah, uh, son, right. son was pretty quiet as well. Um, we, were, we were just well, well, no, well, and, well, and, and what Chris is, is saying there is that because Chelsea were so focused on getting Kane and Son hitting on the break, yeah. it neutered their their offense a little bit. Yeah, and and, and I think this is well, and this this shows that Mourinho's perfect game plan, right? He showed in that game and in the City game how you can give someone the ball but still control the game. People have forgotten that you can control a game of soccer, a game of football, without having the ball. If you have your lines correct and they have nowhere to go with it, you're going to force them to make a risky pass to turn over the ball in an area that you're ready to pounce on. Right. Mourinho's game plan isn't just play defensive football. People like to just say he just parks the bus. No, he sets up in a specific way – to where if you are going to score on us, you're going to have to risk in very specific areas. And if you miss in those areas, we just so happen to be perfectly poised to hit you on the break. If you push Reese James up and uh, and who's their left – who was their left back? Uh, Chilwell up. Chilwell, yeah. And you risk. You move, you move them all the wing positions and you miss an incisive pass. We're going to hit you at speed four on two. And Frank Lampard was not prepared to do that. And so there was a great athletic article actually about this that said that, that the team that should be – that people should be asking questions about after the game is not Spurs, it's Chelsea. Because we gave them the ball and we said, here, take the risk. Come at us. And they just kept throwing jabs. Yeah, Instead of yeah. ever throwing a hook, no uppercuts, no haymakers, they just kept throwing jabs the whole game. Yeah, and, and, and if, you look, would knock us out. if you look at it, both teams set up kind of defensively. We like, you know, I'm going to get to this a little, a little bit later, but we're still playing Hoiberg and Sissoko. We're not seeing that in Dombele Lo Celso that you two went on and on and on and on about. I still think it's coming. Not, not, not <laughs> against fine. attacking teams. Not against attacking teams for sure. Fine. You're right we'll, about we'll that. Get, call. We'll, get, we'll get into it, you know, in the next few weeks when we play lesser, lesser attacking teams like Arsenal. Um, but then you see Chelsea sets up. Chelsea sets Boom, up. Roasted. Chelsea sets up Conte and Kovacic, who are not attacking players either. So they're also playing um, their more defensive uh, midfield. You know, they you know, they could have played Jorginho, but they don't. I mean, Kovacic, Jorginho. Kovacic played a great game. The, Conte and Kovacic basically uh, had they, they, their goal was to make sure Kane doesn't hit them on the counter. Um, can we yeah. can we pour one out for Conte real quick? Because uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but in Dombele shrugged off Conte and Silva at the same oh, yeah. time and went yeah. between them like they were like 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 a hot knife through butter. God, I could watch that on repeat for yeah. like two hours straight. Yeah, in Nobley's class. Uh but you know that this whole you know the whole first half it, it was kind of back and forth. It could have been 
Um, it could have been one one nil us. Could have been one nil them. I think uh, you know nil nil going into half was fair. In the second half, we, um, in my opinion, in the second half, we had we just kind of took our foot off the gas. We just wanted Chelsea to come at us and maybe hit them on the counter. Uh, we had that one really good opportunity late with um, Lo Celso, um, but you know Tammy Abraham on a different day or Olivia Giroud being in the game, they probably finished one of those headers. Um, from Reese James has had two really great crosses. Yeah. That's pretty much the only opportunities that Chelsea had in the second half, other than the, the amazing save by Hugo. I mean, that's that a fingertip, fingertip save yeah. um, from Mason Mount, you know, from you know, 24, 22 to 24 yards out. So uh, the second half, I would, I would say Chelsea had the advantage, but I still never felt like we were um, that far behind or that far off. We we're just a counterattack away from, from stealing that game, right? The smash and grab that we're all talking about. This was getting, th- getting us three points. It seems like both teams were set up for the we're just to say we're not going to lose. We may draw. We might get a win here, but we're definitely not going to lose. And both teams were pretty happy to just say, all right, we'll see what happens here. If we can steal a steal a goal and, and maybe get all three points. But as long as we don't drop the entire game to these guys, we should be fine. And I think that it looks like that's the way both teams set up to what you were saying earlier. Tammy Abraham did himself absolutely no favors in this game. If he was the one benefiting from Havertz being out because of injury and everything, this was his opportunity to really seal that he could be that center forward for them. And he did not. Yeah. He had a, he had a rough game. And so I think a draw is a fair result. Um, I want to talk about some other things besides this game. It's still, but that aren't included about the actual 90 minutes. So uh, anything else you guys want to add on this game before I move on? Great. Excellent. So, uh, Top of the league. Uh, yeah, great. I want to talk about Gareth Bale. Um, this is the second um, quote-unquote big game in a row where we have yet to see Gareth Bale come in. Is this one of those things? Is he still getting up to speed? Or are the expectations of what Gareth Bale will be for this year in a Tottenham Hotspur jersey, have they been lessened a little bit, Austin? I think he's close to full speed i think it's more tactical when we're going to be playing teams like city and chelsea that and and liverpool coming up i wouldn't expect them to play against liverpool for this reason that have tons of speed on the wings and have tons of attacking talent we're going to need the wingers to set up defensively he's wasted we're wasting his energy he's he's a player that has x number of minutes in the tank for this whole season and we're managing his minutes so where are we going to get our bang out of the buck this week are we going to get it with him Hopefully, just helping us, you know, flat track bully someone in Europa League. Or are we going to get it wearing out his legs playing against Chelsea, where he's not going to get much attacking options, anyways? I think it, I think it's a tactical decision. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him play against Crystal Palace, maybe even Arsenal, but I wouldn't expect him against the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, maybe Manchester United this way around this time around. You know, come spring, depending on how they're faring. It it just doesn't make sense to make to ask Gareth Bale to be a defensive winger for us. I think that's more what it is. I I, I think the expectations this season should be he's on on a restricted number of minutes, and we're going to try to get our biggest bang of the buck for those minutes. That might mean playing Europa League. That might mean playing Cup. That might mean when we play a team that's going to sit back against us, and we need to be able to pop one in from 25 yards. That's where Gareth Bale plays. Chris, isn't that weird that Bale? <laughs> And, and I'm not saying Austin's wrong. I think Austin's <laughs> spot on. But isn't it weird that we're saying that Gareth Bale is not going to be a big game player for us? 
essentially. <laughs> it's because strange. every team that he listed, well, I mean, I'm not, is is a big game that we're saying that we're not going to see Gareth Bale featuring, unless we're down and we need a goal, right? Because if our it whole weren't for changes. if our team wasn't so deep and so good, it'd be very very different, and he'd be playing all of these games, and we'd be asking so much more of him, but. We have other options. We have Lucas. We have Bergvine. We, well, had Lamella before the yearly injury hit him. Um, so there's options for, for players to play in those positions. He's also like, even if he were, if we were seeing the three-man Kane, Son, Bale, you have to say he's probably third choice <laughs> out of those three right now. So... Yeah, and he's just not – we've heard even the, the games where he's played early on, where he was playing in some of these games, and even the, the, the commentators are saying Gareth Bale is not the kind of player who's going to track back. It's never been part of his game. It's never been – you know, the, this version of Gareth Bale is just not that player. So it makes sense. And, you know, we're going to see him against, uh, what, Lask? Um, <laughs> and that's that's – you know, if we use him as a flat trap bully against these Europa League teams and it takes us through the group stages with ease and gets us in, perfect, fine, cool, run with it, let's go. Yeah, Austin, one more thing you want to add? Well, I think I think this game against Lask is going to be very telling about our management of Gareth Bale because we only need a draw. A, a draw against Lask gets us through the group stage. It doesn't it we're gonna have to beat Antwerp in the final game most likely anyways to get first, because if they beat Ludogrets, who have yet to get a point. We're going to go in level on points if we win against Lask. So a point is all we need to get through the group stage at this point. So we have a game against Arsenal coming up right after that. Yeah. Arsenal is not a team that we should be fearful of, of their, their talent on the wings right now or their ability to take take the midfield by the scruff of the neck. And they have a very – their defense is even worse now than it was when we played them last time in Project Restart. So if, if Mourinho's not looking to play Bale against Arsenal and plays him against Lask in a game we only need a draw in, that tells you a lot about his about his management. Bale. We have games against Arsenal and Palace coming up. Those are two perfect Premier League games for Gareth Bale to play in. Palace is going to sit back against us. We're going to have more possession. And Arsenal's a game where we can really exploit their lack of midfield and defensive solidarity. Their, yeah. their defense is shoddy. And they're attacking. That's they have no creativity in midfield. <laughs> and they have no creativity in midfield to create options. They just have to push right through you. The only way that they can score goals is have a bombing basically just force one in. So we don't may not need the defensive solidarity that we've needed against Chelsea and against City. So this week is going to be very telling for Mourinho's kind of um, opinion about how we're going to manage Bale. Because I would assume he would sit Bale for Lask and have him ready for Arsenal, but we'll he's see. He's going to play something. He's going to get like, I could see him running out first half, getting 60 minutes or getting like 30 at the end. He's going to play against Lask. Uh, yeah, I think he plays against uh, Lask too. Do I think he's going to stay but, on the entire time? No. Right, right. But Ars- and, and he has such a great history against Arsenal too. Bale has scored so many goals against Arsenal. that I mean, <laughs> and, and, and Josie Mourinho knows the mentality of, of a Derby. fans in the stands. And there's going to be 2,000 fans in the stands. He knows the mentality of, of the Derby. I just think starting Bale, Kane, Kane and Son against Arsenal, showing them no mercy, maybe we, it, maybe it doesn't work out. But 
but just going out and just being ruthless yeah. against our jar against that for the first game with fans back in the stands it just it sets up too perfectly right yeah. i just I, I think that that's the fan for lucas to get the start for lucas to get the start i think Mourinho's definitely not starting bale against arsenal i'd love to be wrong but i think bale starts against last is that a bet i think i think I'd love to place. A oh, here come more bets. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to place a bet on that. You think about it. I think Bale starts against last though, and then I think he comes on as a sub against Arsenal. Um, but we'll get into the Arsenal preview shortly. I just want to get your idea on, on where we think Bale is and how we're going to be using Bale, um, for, you know, for the next couple of months, uh, as long as he stays healthy. Um, Davison Sanchez, how far down on the pecking order is he? You know, Joe Falling. Roman comes in and he gets a start uh, <laughs> you know, at Stamford Bridge. Davidson Sanchez is it that ever since that West Ham game, right? And yeah, no, it was West Ham well, game, one hundred percent. Mourinho is ruthless when you make mistakes like that. I mean, mental yeah. errors, right? Mental errors. Yeah, he is ruthless. I, Juan Foyt did that what last season, like midway through restart, and he disappeared. We never saw him again. And there was shadow just realm. No, yeah, that yeah. you're you're shuffled off to the shadow realm, and it is hard to get back. And it's even harder to get back now because now that Rodon had a, a decent game and Dyer Taganga is, is back, Dyer has been playing really well. The only real hope that Sanchez really had to uh, the opening that was there for him was Aldevarel going down. But Sanchez has already proven that he's really uncomfortable playing on that left-hand side, and he, he's even his athletic ability can't make up for it. So it, it's it, Chris it's doesn't a tough that make ask. it worse though because they play we played Roden on the right. <laughs> we yeah. didn't even put Roden on the left. That's the worst part is it like they didn't even throw him in for that. Like it, it's it, like I said, when you make a mental error in a Jose Mourinho team, especially if it's a costly one, it is shadow realm. It is you are banished until something has to happen to bring you back in and God only knows what that is. Yeah. Uh, so is it, is it, is it Delhi and Sanchez hanging out together in that shadow well, realm? I don't think Delhi has too. been banished to the shadow realm because hey, Winks just had a Puskas award nominee. All right. Uh, don't be talking. But Winks is not making the for minor league games. He's starting the Europa League games. I mean, Winks and Sanchez took the fall for the West Ham game. They have taken the fall for the West Ham game from the squad-based uh, selections in the Premier League. And then, you know, we didn't even talk about Thursday's game. That's the most dominant Tottenham performance I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. And granted, it was, it was Ludogrets, but, like, Ludogrets had a zero COVID-ridden Ludogrets. That's fine. That's zero yeah. shots, right? And we're putting we're putting uh, Dane Scarlett and uh, Harvey White and Alfie Whiteman in. Uh, it looks like a preseason game. Yeah, That's it looks like a preseason game. Be. That's how it's supposed but, to be in some of these a, a Europa League group stage game where the team gets zero shots. Not even t- shots on target, but zero shots. That's the most dominating performance I've ever seen from a Tottenham Hotspur team. And Deli Alley, I mean, we're going to talk about Deli. I'd like to talk about Deli really briefly. He played great. Yeah. Oh, he, he looks phenomenal. He looks like old Deli. Yeah. But you keep hearing you know commentators say and pundits say, like, how does Deli fit into the squad the way that Jose Mourinho wants to play? Austin, can Delhi fit into the squad the way we played on Sunday against Chelsea? No, Delhi Ali fits into the squad the way you saw we play on Thursday. <laughs> He's going to be a Euro, he'll be a Europa League star with Lucas and Vinicius, which is perfectly fine for me because and Bale, possibly Bale. You're telling me our front four is going to be Lucas, Vinicius, Delhi, and Bale moving forward? Okay, 
I'll roll with that. I'm here for that. Like, if that brings us to a Europa League final, okay. Like, that's here it. for it. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, in my 10 years as a Spurs fan, like, I would dream to have a backup front four uh, like that. Okay. Like, Delhi looked great because the system was set up for Delhi on Thursday. It was set up where he everything ran through him. He was a playmaker. His runs off the ball or passing to his feet, everything kind of ran through him. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It worked. He looked yeah. great. He looked up for it. He got stuck in when he needed to. He pressed when he needed to. His flicks were coming off. Now, again, it was COVID-ridden Ludogrets who have failed to get a single point in the group stage in Europa League. But still, you play who's in front of you, and he looked great. And he made others better around him. He made Vinicius better around him. He made Bale and Lucas look better. He made his midfielders look better. That's what Delhi at his top does. He makes everyone around him look better and, 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 and everyone around him more dangerous. The, the 2016-2017, 2017-2018 Delhi that was just on fire, everyone else in the attacking third looked better when he was on form um and i you know if, if he keeps doing this there's been players before there's a precedent before for players performing europa league and then using that to parlay themselves into the first team our best player on the team right now did that when he was a youth player yeah. i know delhi's not a youth player anymore but he's still 24 like yeah. I think we lose track of the fact that he is still a young player that is learning the mental side of the game, and who better to teach him the mental side of the game than the special one? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I just want to get your opinion on. I know Delhi. For yeah. me, I think Delhi's uh, an, an, an integral part of the squad. I don't want to see Delhi leave. I just don't know how he fits in on um, the way we're playing against these big these big teams. Um, these Where trusts, else are we going to get the question, the hard-hitting questions on the, about, like, chocolate bars, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. the, do you see means. that catch he made, that cricket catch he made in yeah. the back room? I mean, we cannot lose this man. He is a treasure. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to talk about as far as lineups go, um, and just to get both of your takes on this real quick, well, will we see an Indomile Lo Celso start in 2020? Ooh. Hey, Colin. Fuck you. <laughs> I think that's a no from Austin. Chris, will we see an Indomble and Los Celso start in 2020? I'm going to say yes. Okay. At some point. If it's going to happen, Chris, where it will happen? I, I feel like it's got to happen against Palace if it's going to happen, right? Against yeah. the team we have to break down. That's, that's literally something I was looking at because I'm looking at, like, you guys can be Leeds. game. And ugh, I didn't realize that Palace and Liverpool are four days apart. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And then four days later is Lester, and then three days. Good Whoa. lord, that's a lot of congestion <laughs> again. Good god, it's um, called Christmas. Um, yeah. it's called festive yeah, the fixtures. Christmas fixtures come thick and fast. Um, we will, I think, we'll see it before the end of the year. And it, it, will it be one of those times when um, I, I, I like like you were saying, it's going to be a team where we're really going to have to get in and break them down. And I think Palace is going to be a team that sits back. Um, Stoke will probably be a team that puts 11 men behind the ball. That would be Mourinho at his peak if the first time we see Celso and Dombla together is Stoke in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, it's going to be Stoke in the Carabao Cup. Uh, but yeah. whatever. I I don't know how Wolves is going to set up now. Um, but they didn't look bad for the rest of the day the other day. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll happen. Wait, I, did Jimenez like die on the pitch? Fractured. He's fine, right? No, He's okay, Fractured. right? He he's alive. He's alive. He fractured his skull. He's alive, but he's he's badly oh, injured. It's, he'll be I, out. I, he'll yeah. be out. 
for a while. Yeah. Did Luis finish that game? He played he the first half, and they, they took him off at half. He, he tried. Have played. He, they were both out yeah. cold. He was hemorrhaged That's... blood on the field, and they were like, um, that guy's got to go. <laughs> yeah. He can't be here. Wait, um, you can't do this. Austin, do you agree with Chris or no? Um, my heart, my heart uh, tell me, my heart tell me, my heart, my mind's telling me no. Uh, I don't care what your body's telling you. But my body! <laughs> I don't think we're going to see it. I don't think we're, I mean, if it doesn't happen against Palace, it's not going to happen. So that's, that's the match where it would, well, if it's going to happen. Here's the thing. Happen. As much as I want to see that, it's obvious that Mourinho has found a system that works for the two of them Depends in that on, one yeah. of them starts while mm-hmm. the other one rests his legs. And then he switches them out, and they both do offer two different aspects to their game, and, and it's working. Indombole, Indombole so, started both Thursday and Sunday. Yeah, as much as I want to see them play together, if playing them like this keeps us winning, do that. I'll be wrong. I don't care. I will eat my words if it gets a trophy. I don't care. Real, real quick on those health though, so because awesome. I was I was arguing with my uh, my my scummy Chelsea friend. Why are you hanging out with scummy Chelsea guy? Because I've known him since I was a kid, all right? But anyways, he he was 40 seconds ahead of me the whole match because I I watch Hulu live TV. So Hulu has live sports, kind of. It's 40 seconds in the past. Um, But he was like, wait till you get here because he's like, who's Lo Celso? Who's that guy? I'm like, "Uh, he's an Argentinian international, but okay. That's Um, my problem. Hold on. Before you go any further, that's my problem with people that are quote-unquote like soccer fans like you could have brought anyone on from chelsea team like oh like, i know who they are like how do you not know who los elso is like he hasn't been a, he's part a big of... name he was a psg player like yeah he's a or he big hasn't name. been of our squad or he didn't score a goal against city last week it's like are you really a soccer fan or you just watch a soccer game occasionally anyways okay anyways one, he... if it's a chelsea fan they're probably not really a soccer fan so let's just give them base zero right there that's yeah Okay. Anyways, anyways, what I was saying is, he said when you get there, he goes, "Who's the Celso?" Because he just he he needs to learn how to shoot a ball. Because apparently he he doesn't know how. Like, he, I forget what he said, but it was basically saying that the shot was horrible. That was not a shot, right? Are we all on the same page? He thought Lucas was darting to the to that to that post, and so he chipped yeah. the ball. He's trying to chip the, hang the ball up at that post, right? Like that's right. that's what he's trying to do there. But I, I don't know. I, I, he may have got it wrong, but Lucas checked his run. I think he thought Lucas was darting to that post and he was just going to chip it there. Yeah. I, I don't know what he was doing, but there. I thought he could have made a better decision that could just have put a shot on target, right? Yeah. Just put, put, a, shot put a shot on goal and then hope somebody you've got enough players around you that hope if you can put it on that Mindy has to parry it somewhere and somebody is there for a rebound to tap it in or it's a um, corner. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, let's also messed up yeah. long. So short, uh, you saw Marino get pissed. Uh, yep. Lo did not make the right decision. Whether it was a shot or a pass, no, it was a pass. It was a shot pass. But just to clarify, Chris does say he thinks we'll see it in Nobley Lo Celso in 2020. Austin <laughs> has now joined the the Colin train that he does not think in Nobley Lo Celso. No, no, no. I rode will, the fence pretty start. hard on my response. I think you're misrepresenting my how yeah, how well uh, and how beautifully I rode the line. Just, let's right just down say the middle, that you're very middle. thankful that you did not take that bet. I studied well, politics. I studied so, politics, Colin. I, I, mean, I, I, I know how wrong. to do I, this. I think, I, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that um, with the fixture congestion we have, he's going to continue to rotate those two, not play them together. Um, let's just jump straight into Lask real quick. Don't want to spend too much time on this. I think we're going to see continue to see our Europa League 
uh, squad. Um, I we didn't talk too much about our fullbacks uh, from the Chelsea game, but man, Serge Aurier continues to impress for me as yeah. our back. I, I love it. I don't think uh, Darty should be getting the, the Premier League start, so I do think Darty will be starting this game Agreed. on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Ben Davies get a start at left back, so Regulon gets a break for Arsenal. Um, and Are you going to throw have... Sirkin out there? <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Because uh, <laughs> this is a wave. I believe this is a wave, so this is in Lask. Uh, we will see a D- Davison Sanchez uh, and probably Eric Dyer center back pairing. Um, but who knows? We could see. Uh, I, I, I would. I would say. I would say that Tanganga is a good yeah. shout. Yeah, we could say Sanchez. And, we could say Sanchez and Tanganga. That's a good shout. We there. just need a draw, so we'll see. We'll see what he does. But we just yeah. need a draw. We'll probably see Winks come in, Delhi come in as well, and then maybe we'll see a Los Celso start um, instead of Ndombele because Ndombele started uh, on Thursday against Ludogratz. And then I think you know you mentioned earlier Austin spot on. We'll see Carlos, uh, Lucas, and Bale probably start um, on on Thursday as well. Vinigal, Carlos, not Vinicius, Vinigal. Yeah. That's what they and, called and him. He, I think he's doing great. I mean, he's doing exactly what we brought him yeah. for. He's he's coming on and he's playing these Europa League games and he's he's producing. He's getting us. He, yeah, that's a celebration. He's getting us what uh what we need. <laughs> so, um, any anyone think that we're gonna see anything crazy when it comes to this uh, lineup yeah. on, on Thursday? Nah, it's gonna be. If we were gonna see usual, something crazy, what would it be though? It'd be uh, one of our, our Jack yeah. Clark, Jack Clark starting, or um, I don't think Dane Scarlett, no, because Vinicius yeah, no, no. needs starts. He's you know he, uh, he's yeah. a back forward. Scarlett should have scored though. To be but, fair, Scarlett yeah, almost that first touch on that ball was so brilliant, and then it hit his knee. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just don't or, have the we bad. don't have we don't have the injuries to require. Like we have our squad's so big, we don't have to like have any of these crazy like outlay like outlandish. Nah. Um, starts from some of these younger players. We have the depth. We have the players that need the minutes and that want the minutes. So I do think that we won't see anything crazy for Thursday. Um, predictions? Did y'all do predictions last week? I didn't listen to the podcast. Did y'all do Thursday predictions? If we did, I don't remember. I think right. we both predicted a, a win. But uh, good, <laughs> I don't good, remember. good call. Good call. I would be very upset. Colin, we miss you when you're not leading. When, when you're not leading us, Colin. Chris, I give don't me a know where we're doing. Roaming around the room, sadly. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like three nil. It's going to be a pretty drab affair, kind of like the Ludogratz game. Um, it's honestly, I'm really. This is. It's games like this that really make me ticked off about that Antwerp loss. Because if we win that game, changes the reflection of this game, and we might see like a certain start or something right. like that. But since you know now we've taken that one hit and now we're trying to win the group, it's you know it changes things. But I think it's going to be it's going to be three nil. Um, if they get lucky, they might sneak a three one, but I still think it'll be three nil. And I think your lineup's pretty spot on. Uh, I don't see any changes there. Austin, what you got? Prediction? Yeah, I think the lineup that you had is, is, is pretty spot on. I think maybe 2-0. I think 2-0. This game really doesn't matter because no matter what, we're going to have to get a result against Antwerp in the final match day to, to top the group. Even if we lose this game, a win against Antwerp in the final match day probably puts us top because of a goal difference that we're going to have. So, I mean, this game is almost meaningless, right? Because even if we were to somehow lose this match, Winning against Antwerp in the final match day still makes us top, right? So a draw gets us through. Josie's going to put a squad out there that's supposed to – I mean, 
I don't see Antwerp happening again, where we lose one nil in, in no. that type of game. So plus, we're also going to probably throw out the full Premier League starting lineup against Antwerp. Like it's going to be, I envision a really strong lineup. There. Yeah, because he's going to want to finish first. So I think this is going to be the exact squad that you kind of mentioned, Colin. And I think I two nil is maybe what I would say, but I'm hoping it's another four or five goals, like 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 last week. Yeah, I'm gonna go into. Uh, I'm gonna go also say that we're gonna see a a three nil victory. I'm gonna go with Chris here. Um, you know this this group. If we beat Lasker, you know if we draw, like you said, Austin, we're pretty much guaranteed uh, into the knockout phase. Uh, actually, we already are. No, no, a draw does guarantee us. Draw does guarantee us. And then uh, Leicester's the actually only team that's guaranteed uh, passage right now. Oddly enough. I just looked uh, through it earlier. Uh, Arsenal is as well. Arsenal already. Guaranteed. Aren't they six points up on third? Um, they are six points up on second and third, but they've already played mold. Right. Teams. So yeah, the logic game shows yeah, they can't. Yeah. Yeah. So Arsenal so, and Leicester are guaranteed. Yeah. So uh, great. Let's just come straight to this. This is our first North London derby of 2020. Woohoo! Uh, 2020-21 season. Uh. Um, you know. <laughs> This North London this is, is our... also this will also be our first uh, fixture in eight months over eight months with fans in the stands. Uh, granted, it'll only be I believe two thousand two thousand fans, right? Two thousand, and I don't uh, know where they're sitting. But I but... hope that they're the loudest two thousand fans that Daniel Levy can find because um, you know it's it's time it's time to uh, to get fans back in the stands. Time to create that environment. And what better what better match to do it in than than a North London derby? So uh, Arsenal is reeling. They are um, I think they've lost uh, four out of five in the league. Uh, Their yeah. last three home games, three they home lost. games on the bounce. Yeah, they, they they've scored their first open goal in open play, and I think it was over like 480 minutes they went without scoring a goal. Goal of the month is play. a PK. Just FYI. Um, <laughs> the goal of the month the was a goal of the month was a penalty. Um, <laughs> and they just lost to a Wolves team that lost their star striker, you know, in the first five minutes of the game. Um, and so Wolves looked, tore them apart. They Wolves looked tore horrible. them apart. Yeah, and and Leeds oh, United, Leeds United had like 24, 25 shots. That the game they had a nil nil draw. Villa so. tore them apart too. Right? Yeah. Villa won like five. Wasn't it the game that Villa won like five two or five three or three zero? They won three nil. Um, it was three zero. Okay, yeah, whatever. They tore them apart. Ugly. Like it, yeah, they just oh. Yeah, so you know, Arsenal have a let's see in the league they've lost one. They beat they beat they beat United. They've lost more than one. One two. They've lost five of the first ten three. games. Yeah, they've lost four of their last five in the league. Um, they have scored um two goals in the league in the last. Five games, and the last victory other than the United PK was against Sheffield United. Um, they are coming into uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, with a, a, a couple injuries. Um, I think Dobby Luis, good chance that he might be out as well. Not that he anyone should cares. be for his safety's um, sake. He should not play. Like there's, uh, I, they need to have some sort of concussion protocol. But he was hemorrhaging blood on the field. Like he needs to stay home. <laughs> they started uh, dazed, David Louise. <laughs> like, just, how are they? <laughs> come on, yeah. just go ahead and trot out Mustafi. You know it's gonna happen. Didn't they uh, send him out on loan or sell him or something? <laughs> Don't know. It'll, be, it'll yeah. be Rob Holding that comes in, I think. Uh, it will be Holding that comes in. Uh, also, it looks like uh, Thomas Partey injury looks a little bit more serious than let on. Oh yeah, so he's, he's out. 
He's not going to be playing. Um, uh, uh, Lacazette can't find the starting lineup for some reason. Uh, Pepe's still facing a suspension from his red card, his headbutt against um, the Leeds United. So, you know, they're coming into to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium not even 100% healthy. And even if they were, I don't think we'd be too concerned. Now, that, that being said, this is a North London derby. You know, all form is out the window, right, Austin? Yeah. Usually. But that's usually because fans are in the stands, and usually because they have players in both sides that know what the derby means to to the team. Arsenal still have a handful of those players, albeit those players you would name are players that Arsenal fans do not want starting. Bellerin is like in in the same boat that uh, Serge Aurier was in with Spurs supporters a couple like a season ago. Like no one wants to see him anywhere near the lineup, um, and he's one of their most tenured players, right? They don't have those players like Wilshire and Ramsey and and, and others that really know. It's, it's kind of similar to what, what Chris and I were talking about last week about a squad that knows what the Derby means. And I don't know how many players they're going to have starting that are really going to know what it feels like to play. And I know it's only 2,000 fans in the stands, but there's going to be fans in the stands this time around too. And I think they're all going to be Spurs fans. I don't think there's a – I haven't seen anything on there being, being a requirement of having visiting fans. And I think I also saw that they're doing a lottery system of season ticket holders. So they'll all be season ticket holders. So they'll be as loud as they can be. I, I mean I honestly feel like this is a game where usually, usually, in a normal circumstance, all form goes out the window. But in this circumstance, you can't ignore the form. And that makes me nervous. <laughs> I've never been I've never been more nervous to be so expectant of us to just dominate a North London derby because yeah. I think in the ten years I've been a Spurs fan, I've never expected gone into one of these expecting us to dominate. But yeah. they're 14th in the league, Colin. They have no creativity. They don't know how to create a goal scoring opportunity. They don't know how to defend simple offensive attacks. Like they are playing at the same level as teams that are just above the relegation loan. They are closer to relegation than they are to us 10 games in this is weird i do not like feeling this confident i feel like mm-hmm. i'm this close i feel like i'm this close to just shouting from the rooftops that we're going to destroy them and, and then i'll uh, eat my words but i also don't want to not feel confident because we've earned the right to feel confident right chris i mean we feel we've, no we, this is we should we have earned buy. the right to show <laughs> that we are the better team yeah we're we Hands down, if you look at it on paper, we're obviously the better team. Um, I think they know. I was actually watching, uh, as I sometimes wander into, AFTV. I was watching some AFTV earlier yeah. today. And great. their interviews with their hardcore AFTV guys were like, hey, are you worried about And they're like, give me. Actually, I remember when they were uh, finishing that last game against Wolves, having them sitting in the room yelling at each other. And one of the guys on the far side of the room was like, Give me one good reason why you think we're going to get why we're going to beat Spurs. Oh, we'll beat Spurs. We'll beat Spurs. Give me one good reason why you think this team is going to step out on the field and beat Spurs. How? How are we going to do it? We have no way to beat Spurs. <laughs> That's true. I mean, on paper, on paper and in form, there is no way that they come into Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They can't defend, so they can't sit back because of what the, like. We'll the, tear there's them no, apart if they sit back. Please <laughs> sit back against us. Please try to park the bus against us because it's it's a bus riddled with holes. Yeah. 
Uh, and then they can't attack. They have no... And, and if they attack, then that defense is even more susceptible to the counterattack. Aubameyang well, has to be looking at that line. contract that he just signed and thinking, God damn, what did I just yeah. do? And Unless he just forget, really likes money. Yeah, and they're still, and they're st- I mean, they're still paying Ozil 350000 a week to not oh, even... To stay away. Stealing stay away. Money. To, go, to, go, to go stream on Twitch. Yeah, so... I, I will, and I'm going to say this one more time because I, I 100% believe it. They're gonna they're gonna that their manager's not gonna be there by Christmas if this Man. keeps up. So so hold on hold on real quick real quick. I'm going Chris, back to Chris. What's the list? What's the list now? Because Ole has gone by Christmas. Arteta's gone, by Christmas. gone by Christmas. You, you, you say Guardiola. You say Guardiola. I, I Who did else? Say Guardiola might be leaving by Christmas. Chris has a lot of things on his Christmas list Colin, for we, Santa Claus this year. Colin, can <laughs> we add a Chris's hit list? Can we can, can we list. start a running Chris's hit list? How do you not think Arteta's going to be gone? But like, they're well, yeah. well, If they the lose thing. to us, their fan yeah. base will completely turn on him. Because he cannot. Well, and Fulham. Well, and Fulham winning today actually pulls him closer to the relegation zone. This is their worst start, and their first, their worst ten game start in forty years. I think is what I read. They've net. This is their worst start in like forty years. They, they, they are honestly battling with teams with a third of their budget right now in, in the league. Uh, players don't want to be there. They they did a terrible job of building a team. Their they recruitment has been awful. The their recruitment's been awful. awful. They went out and bought whatever. Just hey, but let's I, go get that guy. They fifa'd it out and it didn't work. And I will say one thing. Happened. I will say one thing. I was just said that they have no players that know what this derby means, but they do have one guy who's been underperforming for them, and Arsenal fans hate right now, who loves to fucking score against us. And he should have been our player. William. Fucking William. Yeah. William always turns up against us, and he always finds a way to get a fucking goal from some ridiculous <laughs> angle and to make me throw my remote. William should have been our player. He took the dirty Russian oil money instead, and I've never liked him since. And then he went on a scoring spree against us for the next six, seven years. Yeah. So if William starts, I will be worried. William will start. He's he will. Some, he, he keeps getting starts. Um. You know, so I will be worried, especially with the injuries and the cards that they're already dealing with. He's going to have to start. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on on Arsenal. Uh, I mean, I do want to spend time on the, the match, <laughs> but I don't want to spend too much time on their their club and, and the, the disarray that they're in. But I will say that I don't think a manager change will fix the problem. I don't oh, think it's, it's Arteta. Not fix the Arteta. I don't know, but Dan Conti never makes the right decision. So I think of course I'll think a manager change will fix it. I think Arteta is class. I think that. Um, Okay. As well, a player, what, yes. As a manager, he is not. What has shown you that Arteta's class that Arteta we have half a season? They <laughs> happen to win FA Cup, which is FA Cup is half random. Like okay. what has shown you a, that? I think it'd be a little harsh. The FA Cup's not half random. And okay. the draw, the draw. I mean, the, they went to the top we just, draw possible last year. But we just drew an eighth. I mean, but what I'm saying is, we're in the third sure, round. sure, okay. we're in the third round. But sure, maybe on paper there's the toughest got, draw uh, possible. Got, hold on, hold on. I know we all hate Arsenal here. Don't get me wrong. I hate Arsenal. I'm just Were saying. Were they competing for anything in the league or in Europe? I mean. They finished, I, they finished in the Europa League spots. Oh, no, they won the FA Cup. They, no, they weren't. Neither were we. 
But no, well, we finished six. We actually were battling for Europa League spots. But what I'm saying is that they put all their eggs in that in in kind of the cups, anyways. They they, they yeah. showed up for those games. That's, That's fine. fine. He he managed the cup games well. But we're ten games into a season, and it's their worst start in forty years, Colin. Yeah. So, I mean, what I think I think he's been put in a lot of tough positions by the board. Making yeah. him make the call on Ozil is completely ir- ir- irresponsible by their board. He yeah. should not be the one in charge of making the call on a three hundred fifty thousand pound a week player all, like Mets Ozil. All I'm saying is that firing Arteta before Christmas would not be a smart. Oh move. no, it would be it's awesome though small. because I'm it would throw them into even more disarray. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. you are. I'm just saying that I think that you know you don't just win an FA Cup by complete luck or happen chance. Yeah. I just That's don't true think too. he That's beat City too. and he beat Chelsea. They are the going to stop. They're going to take their if like say they go through this match, they lose to us, and they drop any closer to the relegation zone. You can't keep him. How do you stick by him? How like, do you, you stick by him? Stay. You can't keep him, especially yeah, if, drop, if you think you can get a better manager early enough in the season to fix it. You have to do what we did last season, which is we knew and recognized that Pochettino had lost the dressing room and that things weren't going to get better. So they had to make a change, and they did, and it worked. Whether or not Arsenal can do the same, we'd had a few more things working in our favor in the team that they were slowly building and the way that Levy has kind of worked things. This is not a slide on just, I hate Arsenal, so fire your manager. This is literally a manner of a, they picked a former player who had had a reasonable run as an assistant under Guardiola. They hoped they could get that out of him. It hasn't worked. He won one trophy, and that's probably all he's going to do until he goes to a different team, manages his way back up, and learns really more of the craft. He's showing right now through the starts and the picks that he's making, the lineups that he's building, the transfers he's brought in, that he's not really sure yet what he's doing, and that's why they're going to fire him. He has a, he has a he has the what the uh, probably fifth or sixth most expensive team in the league at 14th. It's just going to happen. It's yeah. not me just saying it. It's just going to happen. Just show you how delusional their fan base is. I've seen multiple people be like, fire him, bring Pochettino in. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, they are. Unironically saying that. Unironically okay. saying that because he's clearly the best manager on the market right now. Um, and they think that point. he's just going to sign Pochettino. But but Colin, yes, he – Firing him is not going to fix this issue, but they almost have to from a PR standpoint. If they're 16th, 15th, 14th at Christmas, you almost have to. You have to fire him. It's not a matter of you get to pick. But to yeah, your point, I mean, we need to move on and talk about what we're going to do for this match. Yeah. So our lineup. I could, I could talk about Arsenal sucking for like three hours. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to devote an entire yeah. separate podcast. There, there's state a good... size, state size Arsenal sucks podcast. They're they're <laughs> definitely going to have a lot of questions answered for them by Christmas, Chris. I'll give you that. They play us. They play Burnley. They play Southampton. They play Everton all before Christmas. So you threw Burnley in there. I like how you threw Burnley. No, in I'm there. just saying like they should beat Burnley. But there's still three tough fixtures in us, Southampton, they, and Everton. Well, City just have... tore Burnley apart, so that's a drastic. Yeah. So I think by Before Christmas... the end of the year, they still have to play City in the quarterfinal for the EFL Cup, and they still have to play Chelsea. It's yeah. By the end of the year, we'll have a clear picture of what exactly Arsenal is, well, and it's not going to be good. We'll also and have a clear picture. Raging dumpster fire. We could have. All right, we enough about Arsenal's dumpster fire. We could have seven out of nine points out of our first three. 
three. I mean, we we highlighted these fixtures um, at, the, at the beginning of the season, Austin, before Chris joined yeah. us. We highlighted when this gets very tough for us yep. and what's expected out of us during these fixtures. If we can go take care of business on Sunday against Arsenal, um, then we are you know sitting really good. We'll, we'll still be first in the league, um, no matter what, because no one's catching that goal differential unless Liverpool just blast i don't even know who they play this weekend unless they're gonna have their seven behind us so we'll be first in the league and we'll take in seven out of nine points from our three uh back to back to back tough quote quote tough fixtures i mean a north london derby is still a tough fixture yes they're in 14th but it's still a north london derby so how do we line up in this game what are the tactics that Mourinho presents uh you know for our squad when it comes to playing this game? Is it going to be more counterattack based or do we, do we look to, to control um, possession? I know you say you can have control without possession, but are we going to want the ball? Are we going to want to break them down? How do we, how do we attack this game? Austin? I, I think it's going to come down to the, the crucial question from Mourinho is, do we think that we can dictate the play in midfield or not? Because I think he, he obviously has a defensive setup. If, if Chelsea and city can't score on us, Arsenal aren't going to score on us outside some fluky situation, like a fluky corner or a penalty, handball corner penalty or something. So the question is, does Mourinho risk something in midfield? Does it, there's, there's two positions he could, he could add a little bit of risk because Mourinho always talks about risk, right? It's about setting up a solid foundation. And then where do you have some tactical risk? He loves that word. Sissoko and Bergwijn are the two positions that you could add a little bit of risk. Do you put Lacelso in for Sissoko to give you a little bit more attacking nuance and risk that little bit of defensive solidarity that Sissoko gives you with his strength and physicality? Because Sissoko would completely boss that position against, against Arsenal because he's done it against two much better teams. And then Bergwijn. Do you risk a little bit and put Bale in for Bergwijn? Where Bergwijn just tracking back all the time gives you energy, but do you want to put someone in there that can give you that goal from 30 yards? That can give you that special cross from a weird angle, or a, or that or that or that pass downfield to Kane that starts a counterattack that that comes out of almost nothing. Do you risk a little bit there defensive? Do you risk a little bit defensive solidarity because you don't fear them as much? That's going to be the question. Because I don't think it makes sense for us to set up the way we did against Chelsea and City. I don't think Jose figures that. So I think in one of those two positions, we'll see a little bit more risk in order to control the game and go after them a little bit and ask questions of them. Because if you make Arsenal defend, they crumble. So I don't know if we'll see Lo Celso in for Sissoko or if we'll see Bale in for Bergwijn. But I would, I would look at the same formation that we just had and then one of those two changes being made. Okay, Chris? Thoughts on that, uh, those lineups? I, I hate you, Austin, for making all of my points. Because <laughs> I was going to say basically the same thing. is I, The lineup I don't think is going to change except for possibly those two positions. And it dictates whether or not we'll know that morning whether or not Jose is going to sit back and basically tell Arsenal, like, all right, come at us. Let's see what you got. Come on, you get first punch. Or if it's going to be one of those, now nah, we're just going to try and decimate you early and uh, we'll take it from here. I honestly, as far as building my own lineup, would love to see Bale get the, the start in this one just for the sheer Bale against Arsenal-ness of it. I would love for him to be that player where we basically tell them we're, we're going to pin you guys deep, force you to defend, wait for your mistake to happen. 
uh, and we're going to wait for and, and maybe Bale hits one of those nice, wonderful 30 yard just rockets off the left that just. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where I honestly, I think um, unlike like we talked about West Ham as the team that never stops playing against Spurs. I almost want to say that Arsenal are a little bit different in that when they get behind, particularly this brand of Arsenal, they quit. They don't really have the heart and the gumption to fight back. So if we get in and score an early goal, I could see Arsenal kind of panicking and trying to make something happen, trying to force the ball to Aubameyang to get something to happen. And then they make another mistake and then another and it just steamrolls down. Um, but yeah, it's going to be one of those things where we'll we'll wake up and we'll see the lineup posted and then we'll know right off the bat, like, all right, this is what Jose is going to do. We're either attacking or we're going to sit back and, and let them. All right, guys, see what you can do. Let's 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 have it. <laughs> well, when it comes down to does Jose see does Jose see Arsenal still as a top six traditional powerhouse team that we need to be defensively solid against first and then attack later? Or does Jose see Arsenal for what they actually are right now as a team struggling for form, confidence, mentality, and a team that's there for the taking? And we'll see. We'll see if, jo- if Jose comes out and says, give us your punch, and then we'll, we'll punch back later, like you said, Chris. But Or does Jose see them for what they are? It, the perception of, of what Jose sees Arsenal as, that's going to come out in the lineup, and that's going to be how many risks does he take. Does Lo Celso or Bale come in? to give us a little bit more punch early on because that's how we play against teams like West Brom and Fulham. Well, how we should we play against Fulham and then those other teams, right? I could also right. see him right. starting right. that in down play. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm pushing forward. We got to get, we got to get to, we got to get, we got to wrap, we got to wrap this up. So let's go lineups real quick. Okay. Uh, Austin, give me your starting 11. Uh, assuming Alderweireld's still not fit, which he shouldn't be, it will be Hugo at the back, obviously. Aurier, Roden, uh, Dyer, Regulon. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Sissoko and Hoybier with uh, Ndombele and then Bale, Kane, and Son. Chris, what you got? Pretty much the same. I'm going to start Gazaniga in goal. <laughs> uh, okay. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You mean Alfie Whiteman? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, it's it's the same lineup. I think if any if he's gonna make a change, it's or a switch out, it's gonna be Bale gets to start, um, and push his son back over to the left wing where he naturally is, so that uh, Bale plays on that right. Okay. I'm gonna go with the exact same. I'm gonna put Lucas starting instead of Bale. Um, I think this is uh, a, a Lucas game. I think Stevie B is not gonna get the start. I think so. Is that, our bet uh, going to be Lucas starting or Bale starting? If if Stevie B starts, it's a push. I think <laughs> Lucas would start over Bale if that's what you're asking me. Yeah, yeah. No, what I'm asking you is if you're betting Lucas starts, I'm betting Bale starts. If Stevie B starts or anybody else besides those yeah, two, so I just said it's Lucas a push. starts over Bale. Yeah. Saying, and goal. Bale, 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 Bale won't start two games in a week. Two <laughs> games within four days, and he starts on Thursday. Start at left back. That's so, great. Uh, I would love to see Bale, but I, I think that uh, it's between Stevie B and Lucas, and I think that Lucas is going to get the start. Um, but I could be wrong. Who knows? I mean, that's the thing with with depth, right? Is we just don't know what we're going to see. Uh, what is this what, thing you say? What, well, what is this thing you say? Depth? What is that? But whatever it is that we do see, um, 
I think that we should be pretty confident heading into Sunday. Uh, but temper, like temper expectations. It's you know, so tough. It's so tough. One game at a time. One game at a time. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching a lot about pundits saying the squad's not good enough to win the league. We're not dominating games enough that we shouldn't be uh, considered title contenders. Uh, I love it. So, you know, I, that's fine with me. I don't want to be on anyone's radar. I want people nope. to be still talking about Liverpool <laughs> and City and Chelsea. Underestimate us. Yeah. Let us do our I'll job one game at a time. Straight under the radar all season. Yeah. I don't one care. game at a time. One game at a time, right? All the, the way to the bank. So, uh, predictions for this game. Uh, Chris, what you got? 2-0. Uh, 2-0. Nil. Nil. Austin. I don't know if we've ever... I don't know the last time we've we've won one of these matches by more than two goals, but I'm predicting it to happen here. It's going to be 3-0. Three 3-0. Nil. Three nil. I'm going to go 4-1. Oh! oh. oh. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. The four is not what catches me. You think they score on us? I do. Does Serge have a get... handball or... I think they get a, a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a penalty. Somewhere. Penalty towards the end or yeah. something. As a yeah, poor Sergio cross or something. Yeah, I think it's a penalty. Um, uh, and I think it's probably when the game's still in the balance, probably like, you know we're up two nil or something. But I think that um, and they're they're pressing to come back and we just we put them to the sword. Okay, now I'm officially worried <laughs> because we just predicted two nil, three nil, four one. I am officially, I I I'm very worried now yeah, for I Sunday. Just, I don't. You just you can't not you cannot look past this game as bad as they're playing. You just can't look past this. We learned that the hard way against West Ham. You can't look past West Ham against Spurs because they're gonna play. I don't know that that same fight's gonna happen with this Arsenal team, but you just cannot look past this game. Just, I've seen too many Red River rivalries. All right, where yeah. OU looked OU on paper was like three times the team as as Texas, and they still showed up against us. I've seen too many. I've seen the story too often. I don't like confident. I don't like it. Yeah, it's well, weird. I'm confident going into this, but uh, you know, yeah. you, ha- you have to have confidence. This is you know the new Tottenham, right? Is we're not. Well, we're, we're going to win the league, so exactly. You don't you don't say you're going to win the league, and then you're worried about losing to to, uh, to fucking Arsenal. So who's fourteenth um, <laughs> in the league? Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up by talking about some some fixtures that are on the Premier League. Oh, real quick, uh, we did we did draw our opponent. You mentioned earlier in the third round of the, uh, the FA Cup, Chris. I know the you, you, you touched on it. So, Chris, who who is our opponent? Who do we play? Marines FC. Um, <laughs> so it's or Marines AFC. Um, they are from the like the Liverpool area. Um, they are an eighth division team. In the Northwest Premier League, like it is, um, it's strange. They come for 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 people who aren't familiar. That's eight out of nine tiers. There's nine tiers in English football, so it's eight out of nine tiers. And actually, as I was digging through, even that kind of changes. Like there's other tiers depending on which part of the country you're in. So it's weird, but yeah. So Marines, um, we're playing on their ground. Um, which I'm like, I'm looking it up as I go right now, but their ground uh, holds uh, a grand total of 3,800 people, I think. Well, it's also so- about their ground. Did you guys see this? That, um, the fence around the ground has signs up with numbers on it that correspond to the houses that are, that line the ground so that they know what, what door to knock on if the ball goes over the fence. That's wonderful. Can you imagine Bale knocking on the door? Like, Excuse me, can I have my ball back? 
we need our we're playing a game next door we kind of need your um, yeah and the great thing about this is you know this is the beautiful like backyard thing. soccer that old if, video game if you guys remember that yeah if there's uh, anyone here if there's anyone here that doesn't um if there's anyone here listening at all but if you're listening and you don't really know much about english soccer uh you know that's the beautiful thing about the fa cup is that it's teams from all across the country all tiers and so this is a t- you know an eighth uh, an eighth league semi-pro uh, they're basically semi-pros they they have other jobs like they, they have jobs to give you an idea there's a baker there's, there's a social a media post trainer. of their keeper walking home after the game that got them into this game against us and he's literally walking home from the stadium in his full kit because he lives down the street yeah <laughs> and and this harry like, from down the lane and so if you can imagine, you know, like growing up in this small town, uh, you know, for example, it would, it would be like, um, I don't even know how to compare it for, for American listeners that don't know what, what it's like. But you're it's getting like to see the um, what's going to call it, uh, the 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 Rough Riders here in Frisco play the Cowboys, go out and play the, oh, the Cowboys. Uh, it's going good. The it's good. Like that's um, the level of disparity between the two. Is it? I would say it's even than more that. than that. It's, it's way way even more than, than that. that. Yeah. It would be. It like would be like. It would be like, like a rec, team. or no, it would be it would be more like like an adult like like competitive baseball team like rec comp- competitive baseball team playing playing the best against team, yeah. the best team in the majors right or play who who just won the World Series the Dodgers the, the Dodgers yeah. because because don't let this fact get lost on the listeners Tottenham Hotspur are top of all Dude, of the English Premier League top of the league of all the whole this pyramid. is the largest. This is the largest gap to ever happen in the district. If you're a fan of this Marine FC, uh, then you are essentially getting to uh, walk out of your house, walk to this little tiny stadium, and watch the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, we got drawn not, away, didn't we? We got drawn away. Yeah, yeah. and so they get to like they get to watch, and they'll never ever imagine the houses. Imagine the houses that are around the stadium that are literally on the fence line that can just like. Go out, go out into the backyard with their robe on and their little cup of tea, if and anybody, watch watch Gareth Bale pop one in from 20 yards. If anybody wants to see what the stadium looks like outside of just googling it, literally pop in FIFA, go look for the generic European town stadium, and and look that up. And that's exactly what their stadium looks like. It seats 3,100 people. And actually, when I say it seats 3,100 people, capacity is 3,185. 389 of them can sit. The it's others, called, it's called Rosset Park, right? Rosset Park, correct. Since yeah. since they drew us, I think their Instagram went up a hundred times in uh in like hits and traffic. This yeah. is huge for them, and that's oh, the yeah. great part about this is probably the biggest and the greatest part about the FA Cup is you get to be see you get to see these these uh like semi pro teams take on the the giants of yeah. and, and we've of, seen of football. We've seen some amazing like um, underdog stories in the FA Cup yeah, in the past exactly. you know, five, this six years. This is an years, underdog so. story, them getting this far. They knocked off um, Crew Alexander. They knocked off the mighty Colchester United. Um, don't – isn't Colchester – I don't, don't want to talk about Let me just rephrase this. This stadium is smaller than, than most high school football stadiums exactly. in Texas. And so – Oh, and, and basically where, all – High school yeah. football stadium. Texas. And so, you know, it's just, it's again, it's one of the great things about soccer. People always ask me, what do you love soccer so much? There's a few things why I love soccer, and I won't spend too much time on this. A, when you're watching soccer, 
with like like-minded individuals who appreciate the sport. You're watching the game. Too many times I've watched football or baseball or basketball with fans, and they're not actually paying attention to the game until like the fourth quarter or until like it's something's happening. If I'm watching the game with any Tottenham fans, then we don't talk for 45 minutes. We're staring at the screen, or if we talk, we talk like while we're watching the game because it's about the game. And then at halftime, we go have our coffee or our Bloody Marys or we shotgun a beer. Um, and then we come back and we watch the second half. Uh, and the second thing about it is that uh, it, it, this community at Marine FC is going to get to see you know some of the best players in the world come to their hometown. And that never happens. It just doesn't happen in, in, the, in American sports. And so um, this is going to be fun. And it's going to be televised. You know it's going to be televised because of the, of the, of the disparity of, of eighth, eighth league versus top, hopefully still top of the table in January 9th. January 9th. So, so what we're all saying is Harry Kane's going to get subbed on in the 78th minute when it's nil-nil, right? Probably. And all these guys are watching from their houses. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> this club is 126 years old. Yeah, and it's not like I, they're just like they're yeah, not it's just people the street. Like this club's been around, and, and they have they a chance are, to grow, right? Like they're not stuck in yeah, the eighth league. This is big they for them. Get, that, that's the beautiful thing about the sport is people don't understand. Is like yes, they are a bunch of people that have like nine to five jobs or some other jobs. But if they were to like be successful in their league, they could climb up the table and eventually make it to the premier league. Like yeah. this, this is Jamie a, Vardy was playing in the fourth tier a few seasons before winning the premier league and being the golden boot winner. Yeah. He was a, he was a roofer. He was actually working on roofs. Of before. course he was a roofer. Yeah. Of course he was a roofer running on Red Bull. <laughs> Anyways, we, we spent way too much time on Marine FC. I just thought that was a really interesting draw okay. that we had today. But let's the talk only about other thing, they're the Lily Whites. That's that's all. Yeah, we share nicknames that's with their name. them. Uh, let's talk about the Premier League uh, as it stands, uh, the table as it stands really quickly. Um, we are uh, tied for first with Liverpool, ahead on goal differential. Uh, Chelsea and Leicester round at the top four, uh, and then we have uh, West Ham, Southampton, Wolverhampton. It's a really tight, 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 tight table. Even though we're talking about Arsenal being in 14th, they're only four points, five points out of uh, from the top four. So it's it's really not that big of a of a, of a difference from 15th. Don't take this away from me. From 15th at Palace to fourth is a five-point differential. So the table is super tight. It's still very early in the season. Yes, we do think we're going to win the league. Yes, we also know it's very early in the season. Um, there have been some upsets this past weekend. Uh, the most astonishing one, I think, was Fulham beating, knocking off Leicester City today at oh, the my Tower Stadium. Uh, props to Scotty P for for taking care of business for us. Uh, but heading into this weekend's matches. Um, what are you guys most excited about? Do you guys have up the fixtures coming up for this weekend? Anything that that really like you can't wait to see, um, or do, should I go first because I have a few that I'm really excited for. Chelsea leads. Um, Anytime I, I can see Chelsea Leeds, leads. Play. Yeah, <laughs> Chelsea yeah. leads absolutely because because Leeds is not going to sit back. They're going to come right at them. So they might get beat by a couple goals, but they might also score a few goals. Yeah, Chelsea Leeds is is probably number is is one B with Arsenal and Tottenham being one A. I think that's going to be a really great game. Leeds is going to go into Stamford Bridge and not be scared. Not to say that we were scared, but Leeds doesn't care if they lose four 0 They have nothing to lose, right? So, I think that Leeds Chelsea game is great. West Ham and Manchester. Yeah. You know, West Ham just won this week. Uh, to, was it today? Yeah, they just won today, today against Villa. Um, that's also going to have the first game with fans in the stands. 
So that'll be the first time that we'll get to see fans in the stands of the Premier League. Um, that will be interesting to see as well. Uh, Manchester United has been great away from home. Um, they have won five. They've only been good away from They've home. Only They've been, been good away from home. Dreadful at home. So, you know, this is a great game. It's David Moyes against his old club. Um, two teams fighting for, for top four. I'd love to see a draw here. And the other game that I'm, I'm looking forward to is Liverpool and Wolverhampton. I do think with Jimenez being out, that's a tough ask for yeah. the Wolves to that's, go to Anfield. That would well, have been Liverpool, much more Liverpool game still haven't lost, right? They still haven't Liverpool lost still at haven't home lost in like two years yeah, or some shit. they still haven't shit. lost in a long, yeah. long time. Um, but I think Wolves, you know, they have they Where, this fight. So. Is Liverpool allowed to have fans back or no? No, they're not. <laughs> is Liverpool in Tier 3 for the COVID restrictions? Is that what it is? I think we're Tier 3. They're Tier 4. No, no, no. no. Uh, There's Tier 1, tier two, 2, and 3. There's Tier 1, yeah. 2, and 3. We're Tier 2. I know so Manchester. I know Manchester was in Tier 3, I think, but I don't know if Liverpool nearby was or not. Um. Because London's in tier two. Um, I'll pull it up real quick. Talk about any or any of those games stick out to you? Just the Chelsea leads, pretty much. I mean, Chelsea lead. Liverpool, Liverpool Wolves should be interesting because Wolves did look so dangerous against the poorest <laughs> Arsenal defense, and Liverpool's defense has been more suspect recently. Um, and Klopp is definitely on the complainers bandwagon that he loves to be on. You know that he was on. For the first couple seasons, he was at yeah Liverpool. God, that guy's a whiner. Yeah, um, Liverpool's in tier two, so they'll have two thousand fans in the stands okay. as well. Uh, Liverpool's such a Klopp is such a whiner. Um, I I love to see Liverpool lose for that reason, but uh, he he's he's fun to watch, but he's such a whiner when they lose. I would love to see Wolves get something out of that game, but I'm I'm not expecting it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the streak has to break at some point, and and Wolves could be the team to do it, but or definitely Chelsea lead. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that fear been Scotty P, I fear for Scotty P this week because Man City's going to tear them apart. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's another once again another great weekend of Premier League. I'm so glad that we don't have any international breaks for a couple more months because you know as as, as the fixtures come thick and fast, like we you know, we were discussing earlier, uh, it's a lot of fun 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 football to watch. So you know, here we go, dude. It's North London Derby week. If we can't get excited about a North London Derby. Uh, as a Spurs fan, when we're top of the table, what are we doing? What are we doing? We've been blowing you guys up with memes all week. Yeah, you know the the outro to this. Oh, so this, I got to uh, load up on uh, our social media is going to be. If you're not following us on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, follow us because I'm just going to start madhousing just shit house memes yeah. all week. And I, I got a special. <laughs> He's going to be the Lamella on the meme board. I got a I got a special <laughs> outro this week for uh, for the podcast just for for this. Uh, Ooh. Chris North London Derby. So uh, hope you guys enjoy it. But uh, that's it for us this week at Stakes Head Spurs. Hopefully we see you guys next week after uh, two, two wins and, and top of the league. league. All right, good night.